Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are mixed this morning following a choppy session of trade on Wall Street overnight. Sydney and Seoul are both up about half a percent, Tokyo trading marginally lower. Investors are looking ahead to the release of China's latest benchmark lending rate out in about half an hour, and they're assessing the latest sell-off in China tech shares. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, good Friday morning, Ryan Huang. TGIF, Michelle. And to you, like most of our listeners, Ryan, neither of one has done much travel <laughs> lately. <laughs> Aside from to and from the office, but I'm wondering, have you been practicing your German? I have been googling <laughs> what places I can visit in Germany and Brunei. Ah. So, you know, top ten places to go, and one catches my eye: mm-hmm. this railroad museum. So, oh, something I, love I, I can uh, look at. I think uh, I'll be spending the rest of my day doing it. Oh, that sounds fabulous. All right, so forget the travel bubble with Hong Kong. That's no longer in the works. But from next month, there will be a quarantine-free travel uh, lane with Germany and Brunei. So bring us up to speed on the latest rules, Ryan. Yeah, so good news for travellers, especially those who have been travelling nowhere. So you now have an option, and that includes Germany and Brunei. So Mm -hmm. these two places are part of a what's called VTL, vaccinated travel lane. So you can now go in both ways without any quarantine. So a couple of conditions there. You can read more in the Straits Times, but that pretty much sums it up. And then you've got the second basket or second group, which is Hong Kong and Macau. Um, that is for inbound travellers, visitors from there. Uh, irrespective of that vaccination status, can apply for an air travel pass to enter Singapore. So that's good news. Um, It also joins, I think, a few other uh, countries that are already um, on that type of scheme, which includes New Zealand, um, China, except Jiangsu province, and Taiwan. So those places already can come to Singapore on an air travel pass. So Hong Kong and Macau add to that list. So good news for the tourism sector here. Okay, so travellers from Hong Kong and Macau can come here. We can't go over without quarantining, but we can head to Brunei or Germany. So the big question is, how significant a boost to Singapore Airlines, hotels and others in the travel and hospitality industries is this new piece of news? Well, I would have to say it's very encouraging because it kind of sets a template of how things can be set up. And if these countries um, you know, are successful in seeing numbers go up, for tourists inbound and for the other way as well, uh, it could also just give more confidence to other countries to follow this template. And I think it's the I think start that the tourism and hospitality sector has been looking for. And it is probably going to signal that maybe... Um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel for them to look forward to. In other COVID-related news, the government says it expects to begin vaccinating children under the age of 12 sometime early next year once more data is out on the safety and efficacy of vaccinating children. And... President Halima Yaakob has given her approval to the government's 2021 supplementary supply bill. That means more than $2 billion in additional spending to support Singaporeans and businesses affected by COVID-19 can proceed. All right, let's turn to the U.S. where there's some good news on the employment front. Uh, didn't go, seem to give much of a boost to U.S. shares overnight, mm. though. Jobless claims in the U.S. have hit a new pandemic era low. It was a choppy session of trade on Wall Street, though. S&P 500 
Nasdaq eking out some small gains. The Dow finishing a tad lower. Small caps suffered the brunt of the sell-off. And the Russell 2000 falling more than 1%. So there still seems to be a fair amount of uncertainty on Wall Street right now as to which way the markets should go. What is the overall narrative you're hearing? Yeah, very noisy backdrop. And Mm. like you pointed out, narrowly mixed investors struggling to figure out where to go from here and in some cases maybe looking for an excuse to take profit so on one hand you've got good news from a jobless claims data pandemic era low at a 17 month low at 348,000 on the other hand you've got the likes of Goldman Sachs cutting their growth forecast for the US in the third quarter from 9% to 5.5% because of COVID-19 just maybe tightening the purse strings on spending and that affecting some of the sectors so that that is looking at a rather noisy picture for investors to navigate. And I think it's reflected in how choppy it was in the um, Wall Street trading session and how things are pretty much underwater for most of Asia right now. Sign of hope for the employment picture in the US. Kathy Wood has been in the news a lot this week, particularly since Michael Burry of the Big Short fame announced he's betting against her ARC Innovation Fund. Wood, though, is still bullish, not just on her fund, but on markets overall. Despite stocks trading near record highs, she told CNBC she's not worried about a bubble. Walk us through her thinking. Okay, so here's where she is laying out the difference between the bubble in the late 90s versus now. And what's different here is she says back then there were a lot of analysts trying to outestimate each other. Just you know, putting numbers higher and then higher and higher and higher. But this time, there's nothing like that. That froth of optimism or over-optimism isn't as present now. In fact, there's a lot of um, gloomy news around which she thinks is what she actually makes her feel comfortable because it gives her a bit of a contrarian um, view when it comes to investing in some of the areas she's in. And this includes the likes of DNA sequencing, robotics, energy storage, AI, blockchain technology. She says these industries are still quite young. It's very nascent at this stage. And there's a lot of room for them to go. Now, I'm probably going to ask you this until we know the answer for sure. Do you think Barry is still right to bet against her? (laughs) He will be right at some point. (laughs) I like that. Now, while trading in stocks is choppy, commodity prices are dropping. It's a sign that investors are worried about future growth. So the price of a barrel of Brent crude trading at around 66 US dollars a barrel. That's its lowest level since May. Other commodities like copper, iron ore, they've given up the big gains they made earlier this year. What's the story here? All right, so it's all about the cloudy outlook, COVID-19, just making things a bit more difficult for the optimism to be there, Mm. the demand outlook. For Mm -hmm. example, oil prices uh, down more than 2% overnight, and that dragged down energy prices, energy stock prices. And if you look at things like copper, that's a sign of industrial demand. That is also um, just drifting lower. Uh, If you look at copper, that's become more expensive when you look at how the US dollar has strengthened as well, now pushing nine-month highs. So a stronger dollar is not good news typically for commodities like copper and oil. And if you look at copper prices, that is now near its lowest levels in nearly five months and it's on track for its worst week in two months.
As I was looking at stories on falling commodity prices, one article did catch my eye. It's about a commodity that's moved in the opposite direction. Actually, it's soaring, and that's thermal coal, which is used to make electricity. The price of Australian thermal coal has more than doubled since the beginning of the year. And while that's good news for coal investors, perhaps not so much those banking on a transition to clean energy. All right, it's corporate news time, and that means it's time for Up or Down. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. The American retail chain Macy's. Okay, it's the great comeback, and it's comeback for Jeffrey the Giraffe of Toys R Us, and that's because Macy's is planning to showcase Toys R Us at its 400 stores nationwide in the US. So good news, and it's up for me. What a comeback for uh, Toys R Us. So way up for Macy's for me as well. Macy's shares soared nearly 20% overnight after reporting strong sales. Next, the retail trading platform Robinhood. That's going to be a down for me, and mm-hmm. that's because investors have been selling off on expectations that it might become quieter in the coming quarters as the Reddit crowd and pretty much everyone in the trading frenzy starts to do other things besides trade. Yeah, down. We talked about this yesterday. Investors are worried about Robinhood's booming growth and whether or not it's at the tipping point and ready to slow. Robinhood shares sank more than 10% overnight. Apple... Okay, that is an up for me. Mm -hmm. And this is off a report coming through from Morgan Stanley citing that uh, the China growth story is seeing huge demand and iPhone shipments in July were up nearly 80% year on year. Amazon? And Amazon is going to be an up for me. The news here is that it's going to be launching department stores so offline to online that is really just make, you know, being present in everywhere in your life if you're in the US yeah up for me as well uh, JP Morgan raising its target price for Apple predicting 20% and up for Amazon it is planning to open more brick and mortar outlets and while this is potentially good news for Amazon shares it is leading investors to sell off the stocks of other retailers okay I've got time to squeeze in Toyota Okay, so that's going to be a down for me and it's the familiar short, um, story of chip shortage that has seen it suspend output for several days at its factories in Japan next month. So that's going to cut capacity by 40%. Yeah, the automaker hard hit by the global semiconductor shortage and uh, seeing that 40% cut, wow, in production capacity as well as a result of that, of course. So down for Toyota for me as well. Let's look at Alibaba, Ryan. Okay, that's been a down. It's been down for many days because mm. of the crackdown. So... That is actually putting a down in crackdown. So it is um, something that's been weighing on markets, especially after uh, China came out recently to say it's doing more, possibly in the next few years. Yeah. And the latest is that it is studying proposals to ensure the rights of drivers. So giving them more rights to earn more, better conditions to work in. And it's going to step, step up oversight of the live streaming industry. So places where there were no regulations mm-hmm. or loose regulations, can expect more now. Yeah, it's down for me as well. Looking at Alibaba, its shares fell more than 5% yesterday, hitting a record low as investors sell off China shares. And Alibaba, pretty good transition for our next story here this morning, and that's China tech shares. They are being routed as investors remain concerned about the impact of those new regulatory measures and Beijing's campaign to crack down on big companies. Now, while I'm sure there's still some China bulls out there, the take of the most foreign investors uh, can pretty much be summed up by a look at two assets. Mm-hmm. 
assets. Mm. Uh, the first is the five billion U.S. dollar Crane Shares CSI China Internet Fund, and the second is an emerging market ETF that excludes China. One of these is enjoying record inflows. The other is not. Ryan Phillison. Yeah, it's a tale of two funds. Yeah. So. Looking at the iShares MSCI Emerging Markets ex-China ETF, like the name suggests, it's made for people who want to avoid China. It's attracting so much interest. In fact, in August, it got more than $304 million of inflow. That puts it on track for its biggest monthly inflow since inception four years ago. In contrast, Mm. the one that includes China, especially tech shares, Crane Shares, CSI, China Internet Fund, or in short, KWEB, is on track for its first weekly outflow since early July. So a reflection of how people have been selling off tech shares, just getting out of that area. So the fund's shares have lost about nearly 60% uh, since February's peak. So something that could go on if the pressure sticks. We have a fantastic book lined up for you that's coming up in about two minutes. Uh, the author is an award-winning journalist and her book is Made in China, A Prisoner, an SOS Letter and the Hidden Costs of America's Cheap Goods. Absolutely unputdownable. And so more on China from a very different angle in just a while. But let's turn to Singapore now. We are 19 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index fell 1.4% yesterday to 30.86. So are the bears still out this morning or are buyers Stepping in. Well, it's a bit sunny despite the rainy day for the stocks at least. Uh, yesterday, all 30 STI stocks were in the red. Right now, it's a bit of a comeback. Only four are in the red. And right at the top, as you would suspect, sets SIA leading the charge up more than 2%, perhaps on the news of the uh, Germany and Brunei travel plans. And Capital Land in third place, right at the bottom, you've got the likes of Yang Zhejiang Shipbuilding down more than 1%. For look, guy, Comfort Delgro down by 1.2%. So all in, STI up 0.6%, reversing yesterday's losses of 1.4%. So it's at 3,106 right now. Continue to track Asian markets for you here on Your Money. I'm Michelle Martin. Wall Street closed out another choppy day of trading yesterday, leaving the major stock indexes on pace for a weekly loss. How are Asian markets reacting? All that coming your way in minutes. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.